Welcome back to the Major Journey Podcast. Today's special guest is the founder and CEO of Canaplans, a team of expert web designers, developers, marketers, and creative minds that help cannabis businesses create powerful brands based on story, imagery, and strong digital presence. He is also the host of the Common Sensing Nilla podcast, where he chats with cannabis industry professionals about various aspects of the industry and what it takes to push through in this business. So without further ado, let's jump right on into it. Will Reed, welcome to the show, my man. Mike, thanks for having me. That is a tough word. I might have to change the podcast name again. The So it's a, it's a what do you call it? A, a, poem, a pomento, a pomento uh, of common sense. And then the word sensimia, which is a very weird word that most people don't use in reference to cannabis anymore. But uh, yeah, it was more, more of a, really bad pun <laughs> <laughs> okay so common sense and me a podcast right that's the official there you okay, go gotcha. there you go cool man cool well hey why don't we that second l is silent <laughs> uh so let's just let's get get started from from day one right like what did what did Ooh. getting into the industry look like for you what attracted you into this space um you know were you quote unquote, always involved in, in the cannabis industry and community, or did you kind of make a career transition from one to another? Take us back to how it all started for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was all of those things. Like I was, you know, I've, I've been a consumer of cannabis for most of my life at this point. Um, so, you know, that cultural and social interest has, has always been there. Um, the business side of it is, you know, probably not a unique story. It's just about recognizing that your time and place on this rock as we hurtle through the universe. So, you know, people compare it to the gold rush. I think what's more uh, appropriate in comparing it to the gold rush or, you know, it, it's just the dawn of an industry. It's not every day that um, an entrepreneur gets to be part of something that's totally new. Um, and meanwhile, our business model is nothing new at all. Um, it's very old, but it's attacking a vertical that, you know, up until just a few years ago didn't exist. And that's exciting to me. So I've always been interested in cannabis, uh, and, you know, saw pretty early on that, um, this vertical, which this company I built is <clears throat> something I was doing prior to this, you know, I was, you know, so cannabis planners builds websites. Primarily, that's our, our main bread and butter. We build websites for cannabis companies, mostly dispensaries and uh, THC brands. But we started, um, like a lot of cannabis THC rec brands, with CBD. So around the time I started the company, Vermont, which is where we are located, um, this was a few years before the farm bill. So Vermont had passed some legislation that allowed hemp farming. Um, and I saw this as an opportunity to maybe get involved in the industry. I am not a grower, you know, I, you know, th that the farming agricultural side of it was not for me. I am on the ancillary side. Um, and I was doing web sales for a verdict, you know, for a specific industry for the real estate industry, um, and saw an opportunity to take that kind of business model and, and put it into, into the cannabis industry. So I, you know, that's all to say, I started kind of with just Vermont farmers, um, farmers who had literally like put the cows back in the stable or stopped hanging their fields right. and grew hemp and, uh, or CBD hemp. And, uh, 
yeah, we built a lot of brands in this state. And then, you know, most people, not most, a lot of businesses used CBD, do use CBD as a catalyst to kind of uh, propel them into, into adult use. Um, and that's what we're doing now because now, you know, from the day we're talking probably five months from now, uh, stores will actually be open here in Vermont. Um, and a lot of those brands we're, we're building, you know, a lot of those brands that started as CBD companies still are CBD companies. Uh, we're now transitioning them into, you know, different aspects of the industry and it's really exciting. So yeah, I've been doing this for a while. We work with, man, almost, I think, uh, Several hundred. I mean, under four hundred, more than three. So in the in the last couple of years, it's been really, really busy building lots of brands, putting them online, helping them find customers. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So you guys have been really hitting the pavement hard. I like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember my first meeting was like at a farm. Like the guy literally rolled up to the meeting like in a tractor, wow. <laughs> and. Um, that's when I was, that's when I kind of knew I was like, all right, like, this is for me. I can, you know, build this company. I can have some freedom in my day to day and go do fun things like hang out at a farm or go visit a client at the dispensary or like whatever. Mm -hmm. Just at the time at my nine to five, you know, a lot of people can probably relate. Like I was just over it, um, working for someone else and, uh, in a, in a, you know, at a place that wasn't inspiring me or, um, you know, wasn't, wasn't fulfilling those needs that I think most professional people in this country expect of their employer, mm -hmm. which is, I need a trajectory. I need to get from, you know, uh, entry level position to <laughs> president of the company and <laughs> you will show me how to get there. Um, and I think a lot of people get complacent with, with that. And I, you know, I just, I turned 35 and I was like, fuck that. I'm done with this. Um, and as it happens, the, my employers were also done with it because I was building the, I was building can of planners uh, or starting to build can of planners while working my nine to five. And eventually, you know, it got in the way and uh, they gave me the boot. That's amazing. <laughs> so, that's how, you know, you know like that's, the, if that's not a sign to just, you know, abort mission yeah. and just jump in, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it was truly a sign from the universe because I was, although, you know, in the early stages of building can of planners, very ambitious, mm -hmm. differently ambitious, still complacent and waiting for someone to tell me that now's the time. And it turns out it was my employers like get out. <laughs> and then, you know, basically the universe saying, hey, it didn't happen the way you thought it was, but it, it's happening. So uh, yeah, I kind of, you know, I was surprised. Obviously, I was a very good employee. I earned quite a bit for that company. Um, but, you know, I understand why I was let go. Mm -hmm. um, so at the time, I think I freaked out for. I went through the whole, you know, grieving process in like three hours, maybe let's call it 24 hours, right? Okay. I was like, confused and sad and angry and like i finally accepted uh you know at the end and you know sold my first or i sold my first website post being fired uh like that week 
know, I was fired on a Wednesday. I closed a deal on Friday or, or that Thursday or something like that. And that's when I was like, I had that moment, which I think hopefully a lot of entrepreneurs listening can relate to where you like, you're almost on the verge of tears because, you know, that emotion of being like, fuck, like, thank God I can do this. And this feeling has been validated. I've got a contract sign. And although it's not, you know, a, a million dollars or whatever, like I figured out how to get through this month. Yeah. That's, that's the best feeling ever. I could, I can totally relate to that. I remember being, I was, I was at the gym at the time and I opened up my phone, checked my email and I saw that my first deal just closed. I ran out of there and I had the biggest smile on my face and I probably looked like the biggest doof. But I was like, man, nothing can take me off this high right now. And so I just went out and I yeah. was like, that's it. Proof, like, this is the proof is in the pudding. Let's go. If, exactly. I could do, if I could do it once, I could do it a thousand times over. So let's go. Exactly. That's exactly the, the emotion I went through. Um, and I think like it was for sure a, again, I was 35, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I was almost 36 at the time. So it's, you know, it's not like I was without life experience, but I think I like went through this very major uh, maturation that I desperately needed, you know, which was like, okay, that whole mentality of rise and grind, which I friggin' hate, like even saying that, but the, the ambition, mm -hmm. right? Like that ambition of something being right over there, all you have to do is get your ass up and go get it. It's it's 100% true. And a lot of people hate hearing that. And it's because again, like we've become complacent uh, and maybe a little entitled as, you know, <laughs> we progress as humans, <laughs> yep, but sure. it is out there. And, and yeah, like that feeling is like no other feeling, Mike, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> It, it, I'm thinking about it now. You know, I remember that contract and it's crazy. Okay. So here's full circle for you. So that contract was a fella by the name of Scott Sparks who owns, uh, or, or who was opening a small CBD store in Southern Vermont at the time. Um, <laughs> and we built his brand. We launched his website. Um, and now like literally this week, we're about to launch his, it might be fourth, but I'm going to say third website, like his third refresh for that CBD store. Uh, we've built and launched a website for a, uh, he grew that business uh, to include like growing supplies and things like that. We've launched that company um, and he's, a you know, got his license to open up his recreational dispensary in, you know, the fall. So these things come full circle. So that, that idea of it, be, you know, it's just funny how it works that way. You know, that, that was the sale and that guy's still around. And, and those are, you know, those are the clients that I'm so grateful for. It's cool that you can even be on that journey with him, him and like, you know, hundreds of others, but to see that actually go full circle, like you said, it's like mm -hmm. you can, when everybody sees him now and every, and it, it, it's kind of like, you know, seeing the entrepreneur five years in or six or seven or 10, 15, 20 years in, nobody really knew them. They might see a picture, but nobody really knew them when they were right at that first step. So that must be a pretty cool relationship that you guys have as well, because you're like, man, I know exactly. We actually talk about it all the time. Yeah. 
yeah, we talk about it all the time. And especially since like, you know, we're both, uh, you know, uh, sort of ancillary, right? Like we build, we, we design and create the products that, uh, for our clients that they eventually put in it into his store. Right. Right. So we've, we've all, we've worked and, and it's Vermont, so it's small. Um, so we've seen a lot of, you know, we've worked with a lot of the same people and, and, you know, as capitalism does tend to do, like some of those people aren't here anymore. We talk about that all the time. He and I, it's just like crazy how I think I act. I, so I met him at like this thing uh, called hemp fest, mm-hmm. which was a, a networking event. It was small. There was maybe 12 exhibitors or something like that, but it was my first trade show trade show air mm-hmm. quotes. It was my first trade show. And he was there as an attendee. Like he was basically like six weeks behind me or maybe like a couple months behind me in his, you know, business formation. Like that was my coming out party. And he was like one of the first guys that came up to my booth. So, yeah, that's awesome. Man. It's all about relationships. So let me ask you this real quick. You, so you said that you got started in, in, in real estate, in the real estate industry where you were selling websites there correct so sort of so the company i i worked for so so my mechanical is located in burlington vermont Mm -hmm. for some reason in this nice small new england city we have a few companies that kind of do this thing they make websites for an industry they then market those websites through whatever services Mm -hmm. right there's one that does it for real estate. There's one that uh, used to be around that did it for grocery stores. There's a billion dollar one that does it for the automotive industry called dealer.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's one uh, down the road that does it for HVAC. This is, and, and for some reason they're right. And again, this is a, a, not a unique business model. These types of companies providing digital marketing for a specific industry, they're everywhere, but in this small town, they're, are a lot. And one of them basically employs the, you know, most of the city. It is a humongous company. Um, So the one I worked for uh, was split into two. It worked on the, you know, they worked for the real estate industry, meaning they created websites uh, that implemented, you know, whatever listing information and that sort of stuff. Luckily, I worked on the interactive side. So I was able to do larger creative projects. And I actually focused on summer camps for some reason. Um, I tried to, you know, create this business model, but for summer camps, um, and I failed. I mean, I did, I didn't fail. Ultimately I failed, but, um, we sold a lot of summer camp websites. Um, but yeah, that company mostly, you know, their, their bread and butter is in the real estate industry. Gotcha. So when you say that having a career in sales prior to you going out on your own and doing what you're doing now has helped you kind of, you know, sharpen, sharpen steel before you went out and had to do it with no, you know, like no, no boss or supervisor telling you, Hey, clock in here. You can leave then this is your quota. <laughs> like this is basically you yeah. being, you know, responsible for everything, but like, can you speak to that? How ourselves yeah. yeah, influence your ability to do what you're doing now and, and to do it successfully? Absolutely. At the core of it, I'm a sales guy. Like that is my, like, if I were to boil it all away, professionally speaking, that's, that's my skill set. I can, you know, I can go out and sell whatever you give me to whoever needs to have that thing. 
Right. So I got my uh, start in sales at Apple, um, which is a computer company based in California. Maybe you've heard of them. Yes. Once, they make once phones. Or twice. Once or twice. It, I don't know. They're a small company. They're a, tr- they're a trillion dollar company. Yeah. But anyway, I, I worked for Apple for a long time and uh, that helped me develop sales skills and, and, and you know, uh, soft sales skills. Uh, it is not an aggressive mm-hmm. sales pitch there. It is the exact opposite, which I loved, you know, I'm not a used car guy. I'm a, I'm a conversation and help Mm -hmm. you figure out what you need guy. Um, So Apple was perfect for me there. Uh, But, but I would say more importantly at my experience with Apple was the brand part of it. Mm -hmm. So I started at Apple right before the first iPad was launched. And that was super exciting uh, because it was a brand new piece of technology, but also like the, it was my first product launch. So um, going through the crazy amount of, um, you know, just pre-training, which actually happens like, because they don't want you to know anything about it. Mm -hmm. It happens like the day before. So like all of this stuff is dropped on you the day before. So when you're going, you know, like I went out to sell my first iPad, like, I didn't know shit about it. <laughs> you know, I was touching it with the customer for the first time. Um, but that brand, you know, so that, uh, that retail experience, um, opening the box together with the customer, like, ha- like allowing them to have that wow factor, uh, you know, providing value, mm-hmm. like all of those things that are really just customer service uh, were a way bigger takeaway for me at Apple than sales. When I got to, the 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 website sales job mm-hmm. that was a little different because i w- i had fairly full autonomy in almost every aspect of my job like there were quotas there was you know it was a 9 to 5 there were certain you know standards of any professional job but um it was mostly up to me and that's kind of where i figured out this other complementary sales uh, uh uh, skill set to this, my sales skills, which were, um, basically built building a business. Mm-hmm. Right. So my boss at the time was like, I'm over here focusing on the side of the company that actually generates revenue. You build this thing. And I was like, great. And I didn't know anything about websites at the time. I didn't, I, I barely knew anything about digital marketing, but I could have a conversation and could find solutions and, you know, eventually figured it all out. Um, So those skills, especially the sales skills, but really like those complementary skills of how is customer service going to play into, if I give good customer service, that's just going to make my sales uh, prospects, you know, Mm -hmm. that much easier to close. Um, if I'm able to deliver on uh, building value, like that's just going to increase the, maybe the, the actual revenue, you know, that we're, that we're generating. So all of these things just helped me figure out that I was capable, (laughs) which I didn't know, (laughs) you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I think once the pressure is on, like, like you said, when you have that moment, when you kind of get the boot, before you get the boot, you're kind of like, okay, this is my choice. I'm out here building this business over here on the side, but I still have insurance over here. 
but once you officially yeah. get the boot, then you're kind of like, okay, I'm literally, it, Mike, literally insurance, like, and and that, like, there's these things that can hold people back because they don't know that most of it's. I'm not saying people don't need insurance, but people will stay at a job because they have health insurance. Yep. Like, they'll be unhappy professionally because they have benefits or whatever, and. I get that. That was me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was me. That's why I was around long enough to be fired at this position it was because, you know, I was expecting to sign a million dollar contract or whatever at Canna Planners and then being like, I bid you adieu. Goodbye, <laughs> sir. You know, like, and, and having it be in my control. And it was because of like medical, right? Yeah, you are you don't know that you can get health insurance outside of your job. It's you know, it's not cheap. It's not easy, but like. But it's not the end of the world. You don't, Yeah, you don't need to be chained to something that makes you miserable just because you can get your teeth cleaned every six months. It's all about perspective. Yeah. So, so, Will, for for somebody <laughs> who might be who might be on that, I love that that analogy or, or just that example <laughs> but for somebody who might be kind of on the fence by the way my teeth are very clean my teeth are very clean <laughs> we're doing this on video i know this is audio but we're doing this on video and his, his teeth are looking phenomenal pearly um what would you recommend for those who are maybe a little bit more apprehensive to taking risk and when I say risk, I mean yeah. calculated risk, of course, not, you know, sell your house and, you know, put your entire life savings into one basket. But to, to, to take a calculated risk, is it really as scary as it may seem in the beginning? Or is it almost like the mind racing that really creates all of these, you know, crazy scenarios that we think of in our heads? Yes, the latter, for sure. I, I would say, like, within reason, the latter. Mm -hmm. You know, like, we are anxious people living in a highly anxious society at probably the most anxious this world has ever been, <laughs> you know, at least in my almost 42 years on this planet. Um, so it's easy to be, it's easy to talk yourself out of stuff. Um, when you, when you already feel mostly safe. Right. And that, that goes back to my example about health insurance. You feel safe. Money is being deposited into your account every two weeks or whatever, like life is good, you know, you're, you're okay. And it's really easy for someone who may be thinking about doing anything uh, for themselves to be like, well, you know, I'll do it next week, or I don't understand how to do X, Y, and Z. I don't understand like what's an LLC, <laughs> you know, like what, whatever it is, you know, like there's, and literally, there's a million reasons to convince yourself not to do something when you start a business. Logistically speaking, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. However, uh, there, there were two things that like I knew right in the beginning. One is I could sell something. So even if I'm selling an idea, like I, you know, I actually don't build websites. I've never built one in my life. Like I wouldn't know what the fuck to do if you had a gun to my head and was like, build me a website. I wouldn't know how to do that. I have people who are smarter than I am, who believed in the vision and who would be, who would take some money a little bit at the beginning because, you know, everything, you know, these were small deals in the beginning, mm -hmm. but 
you you align yourself with people who believe in the thing and can get stuff done for a you know a price but also um you put yourself <laughs> into situations that you would never have thought you would put yourself into so like an example is this right getting on a podcast with a stranger and like talking about stuff like that's weird and scary <laughs> you know on paper but you get out and you do these things and you become more comfortable. You ask questions to those smarter people around you. Mm. In the beginning, it should be an accountant and a lawyer. Um, probably everybody knows someone who does something like that. You can just talk to them um, and you figure these things out. And it's not overnight. Like I'm still figuring, I mean, dude, I, I'm on this podcast right now after almost punching my monitor because I can't figure out how to submit taxes in the state of Massachusetts online. Like I can't, you know, and these are the things that I mean, like you just figure it out. You know, if you believe in the, the thing, even if you don't fully believe in yourself, but you believe in yourself enough, I'm telling you like that, that, then that's what I mean. That maturation, like I'm my confidence level is nothing like it was eight years ago. Nothing. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I don't know if it's coming through this podcast, but it's through the roof. Like I believe in this stuff and it's because I've been validated along the way. It's because I know it works and because I'm capable and I believe in myself. And do you think it's also because, because it's one of those things that you have to do repeatedly and it, it's not just going to come from closing one big deal. You, you, cause you might start thinking to, thinking to yourself and I've done this as well, where, you know, I've had a win where I've had two wins and I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I, I somehow shaped that into existence, but it could have been luck. It could have been luck. It could have been this or that, but then you do it X amount of times, you do it 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times. And then you start thinking to yourself, okay, maybe I am in control. Maybe I do have the ability to, 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 to make things yeah. happen and kind of, you know, alter the way my career, my business can, can take shape. Yeah, totally. And I, I think part of that is I, I, I would, I would believe it's, that's a couple of things. One, it's the confidence you're gaining from now multiple repeated wins Two, it's like whatever that feedback loop you're getting back from those people who obviously think you're an expert in the thing like that also amps you up and makes you feel like, okay, like faking it till you make it is a real, is a real thing. <laughs> Like that's a real thing. Um, and it's not like it's, you know, faking it. No, figuring it out. Yes. That's, I love that because I've been, I've, I mean, everybody's heard, you know, fake it till you make it. But part of me is always yeah. like, I'm not the biggest fan of it because the people that can quote unquote fake it until they make it, they don't just, you know, put themselves into debt by buying fancy things to make it look like they're successful. They do things to put themselves yeah. in that situation. So I, I love what you just said there, you know, figure it out. Until you make it. Yeah, totally. And, and for me, and now this is, you know, for, for me personally, like the beauty of kind of being a, a later, I, you know, I don't know what the median age of your entrepreneur of an entrepreneur is, but I would assume it's someone in their twenties. Right. So like the benefit of me starting my entrepreneurial journey in my mid thirties and now in my, you know, early forties is like, 
I've failed so many times, <laughs> right? That this was just a, this was like purely a roll of the dice. I was like, I, I'm pretty sure I believe in myself. This idea is definitely like I'm surrounded by people who are making this idea work outside of the cannabis industry. Mm -hmm. Like, I think this can work. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I, I just totally lost my train of thought there, but um, yeah, I fucked up thought just went right out my brain. Jesus. It was probably brilliant too. Something, oh, well, something it'll come back. Yeah. We'll, we'll circle back to it once it comes back. Um, but yeah, Will. So one thing I wanted to I wanted to ask, maybe just you know, to leave everybody off with it with a good takeaway, especially with your expertise yeah. and your your focus in the industry. Is there something, or is there maybe it's a a framework that you go into each project with, or that your team goes into each project with? What truly defines a effective website for, let's say, cannabis dispensaries? Because you, you you mentioned that that's sort of you know your your sweet spot. Is there what what really makes an effective website versus a website that's just kind of stale and there for the sake of being up? Ah, I see. Okay, so I was going to answer that question in terms of like a marketing strategy, like so, but you're saying like the the literal website. I mean, invest in you know it's it's all about the perception and that customer service. So if a if a potential customer is coming to your website and they can't see your or you don't, and you don't have one, like it's pointed to a weed maps page or a Facebook page or something like that. Um, and the customer is aggravated and can't find your menu or, or whatever. Can't, you know, figure out your location or hours, those simple, simple things. Um, yeah. You're going to lose that customer. Um, so there's, I mean, you know, I would say our main competitors are things like Wix and Squarespace companies that I, you know, never in a million years, they're, you know, humongous behemoths. They're not competitors uh, at all, but those types of solutions are very attractive to, um, you know, small businesses, but they suck <laughs> and they don't provide that level of value um, because those solutions are meant to fit everything, mm -hmm. not anything specific. Um, so we've built this specific thing, um, that, you know, looks amazing and, and is efficient and, and helps win customers, but really it's the, it's the marketing solution. That's the most important. Like it's one of the, one of the contributing factors to get me getting into this industry was a bad retail experience. Um, you know, in Colorado, just like gross with bad packaging and like, it just wasn't there yet at the time. Um, so that's for sure. The one thing that we're trying to pass on to our clients is like, this is how you build a brand, mm -hmm. you know, like your website is important to that. Your logo is important to that. Those products that you think you want to make are important to that, but this is what a brand is. It's, it's all of it top down, everything inside. Like that's what brand is. And this website, which we focus on needs to be a perfect extension of that. It needs to be a window into your business and not, you know, detract customers. It needs to, it needs to bring them into the indoors and in, in, inside the uh, dispensary. So that's usually, you know, what we're talking about over here, <laughs> you know, when, when it comes down to building out either a new company or evolving an existing 
company. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw a little bit of that, uh, that Apple mindset come through and right off the bat, you said customer service and keeping that in mind, you know, right at the forefront of everything that you do, which is so true because I've, I've, you know, so many people have said they've walked into a dispensary and they felt calm, relaxed, helped, supported. And there are other times where people will say they go in and they're just like, I feel like I'm looking at, you know, four different restaurant menus in one space and I have no idea where to go and they're rushing me to get to the counter and check out. And I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what's happening. So that's definitely something that, that I would, I would imagine more and more brands are are placing greater emphasis on and putting more dollars and more resources towards just making sure that the customer gets taken care of each time consistently not so that, you know, on mm-hmm. Monday they go in and they, you know, the customer service is up here. And then by Wednesday or Thursday, the team is just, you know, kind of falling off and the customer service level is all the way down. Yeah. And I think it's such an important thing for cannabis companies to remember. And we're all in our bubbles, so it's super easy to forget. But mo- most of those companies haven't achieved even like 10% of their potential customers, there's still a whole, you know, I mean, even if we think about this as, you know, statewide, right. As new States uh, legalize, you know, it opens the doors to people who may have actually, you know, followed the law, you know, or, or been um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean? Right. So there's, there's all these, there's all these potential customers uh, who need to be educated and need to be, handheld through a lot of this. And, you know, there are parents basically and grandparents right now. Like those are the people who don't, maybe don't fully understand this, maybe had some experiences in their, in their youth. Um, but you know, now we're at an age where like, this is not only a medical thing, maybe they want to stop drinking, you know, or, or drink, you know, whatever it is. So there's this, the customer service side of it is super important to the sustainability, you know, the sustainability of any kind of company. But when we're talking about retail, like, that's the most important part of what any cannabis company should focus on. It's growing more, you know, getting more market share, but through education, like that's how, that's how it is right now for at least, you know, another 10, 10 years at least. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Will, for folks who want to get in touch with you personally, or if they just want to reach out to the Canna planners team, what's the best way for them to do so? Yeah. So we're on all the socials at Canna Planners. Uh, I just started a TikTok account, which is weird. Uh, at Canna Planners. Awesome. Uh, actually at 420 web on Facebook, um, cannaplanners.com. You can reach out to me anytime. My email is will W I L L at cannaplanners.com. Awesome. Thank you. Will, thank you so much for joining us today. Obviously, you know, you got yeah, a lot going on, so we appreciate your time and thank you for sharing your journey your story and all of the insights and wisdoms and gems that you picked up along the way. Cause I sure feel like I picked up a lot and learned a lot from you today. So thank you again, my man. I appreciate it. My absolute pleasure, Mike. Thank you. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the major journey podcast. We will catch you all next time. Thanks for listening to today's show to check out more great cannabis podcasts. Go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. 
Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while we break it all down. down.